We're talking about your dental health solutions this hour with our in-studio guest, Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Center. And we'll line up your calls if you have anything going on with your oral health, uh, particularly your teeth or anything else that's inside your mouth. You're welcome to join us at 604-280-9898 or star 9898. Uh, A couple of items in the news. KFC has hired veteran actor George Hamilton. He will portray the extra crispy colonel, I guess. Uh, He's the guy with the year-round tan. YouTube is putting the heat on Netflix, Amazon, and the other streaming channels with new original content. YouTube on Thursday announced a slate of eight new and returning original series for its $10 a month subscription service, YouTube Red. One of the new series is an adaptation of the 2006 dance movie, Step Up, which helped launch the career of Channing Tatum. Wednesday, the United States Postal Service announced that they'll be celebrating 50 years of Star Trek with their new Forever Stamps issued this fall. The official dedication ceremony for the stamps will take place at Star Trek Mission New York Conference. That'll be held on Friday, September 2nd. Uh, Though conventional wisdom says it takes five to seven attempts for most smokers to quit, those estimates may be a little too low based on data from the University of Toronto. For more than 1,200 adult smokers in Canada, the real average number of quit attempts before succeeding may be closer to 30. And I've been told that trying to quit smoking is one of the most difficult things that anybody can do. A Denver company is making wine for cats. The non-alcoholic drink is actually made with beets and comes with the punny flavors Pinot Meow and Moscato. (laughs) Donald Trump apparently got rid of his campaign manager, but for some reason that's unexplained, he's sticking with his barber. And that's it for right now. We'll come back in a moment with Dr. Ron Zokla from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Center. We're talking about your teeth. That's next on Vancouver Consumer on Newstalk 980 CKNW. Welcome back. It's good to have you with us in studio. Our guest today is Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Center, a diplomat of the American Board of Oral Implantology, diplomat of the International Congress of Oral Implantologists, Uh, In fact, uh, you are one of the first dentists in this area, Metro Vancouver, I would dare say Western Canada, to uh, at one time have your practice exclusively to implantology, reconstructive surgery, disease management, whereas uh, most of your peers were doing regular general dentistry. I think that's fair to say, Ian. And now uh, you uh, have joined forces with BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Center with an office on West Broadway and another office in Coquitlam. You uh, share an office with three other dentists, I believe. There's three of you? That's right. Four altogether. There's four dentists in the BC Perio group. And within the Vancouver area, we have Dr. Birdie, who's a principal of the clinic, and we have Dr. Munns and Dr. Kleinman and myself. Okay. And in Coquitlam, uh, Dr. Birdie and Dr. Ron Fulton is there. So we have a very, very good and very experienced group of clinicians. There's so much depth in your roster uh, that it's hard to believe that uh, you would be able to find this level of experience and expertise in just about any other office, just by sheer numbers and experience and and. And, and not just because of your clinical experience, but also because of your educational experience and that you still train 
other dentists how to do what you do and do so well for so many years. And that's one of the fun parts. I really, really enjoy that part of it. I've had the privilege of teaching dentists to do this field in oral implantology for pretty close to 30 years right now, and I never get tired of it. In fact, it was your father who got you on this this line of thinking at very least. He's a well-known prosthodontist in Vancouver. Uh, you worked with him for some time, and I guess was it there that your desire to get into reconstructive surgery and implants, uh, was that where that was born? That's exactly where it was born. My father was a prosthodontist, and I was privileged to spend my first 20 years in practice with him. Uh, what I, Because he was a prosthodontist, we took on advanced cases, and I, I quickly got into that field, and we realized that people who are missing back teeth and teeth uh, where you could no longer put a, what we call a fixed bridge in place where it could be as if back teeth weren't there, that we had a compromise solution. And when implants came on board, it became very, very apparent to me that this was a solution to help stabilize people for the long term. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I got into, into the field, and again, many years ago. Uh, and it turned out to be exactly that. When you were doing implants in those early days, just to bring some perspective to it, about when was that? Roughly what period of time are we talking about? We're talking about the early 80s, about 82, 83 is when I first started working with implants. What what got you going on that? Where did you hear about it? What piqued your interest in implants? Well, implants have been around an awful long time. It's the success of implants that has been changing over the years. And if we go back into our history, we can go back to about 7,500 B.C., before Christ, when the first implants were placed. Uh, however, they may have killed those people. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> or are they using twigs and sticks? And <laughs> well, they're they're using uh, ivory or coral okay. or, or things like that. Uh, but when when we came into the titanium era for dental implants, it changed. And what happened is an oral surgeon in Vancouver was showing everybody what he could do, and he was absolutely brand new. He's he's been away from Vancouver for a long, long time now, and. He put on courses where he showed us in evening events what he could do with implants. And and uh, when he put them in, um, and they formed a strong and very, very structured and stable foundation for additional teeth, I, I looked at that and I said, wow. So I started to use him as a referral source. And he put them in so crooked. I, I says, oh. I can do this better with my eyes closed. Oh. So I said, I can't stand for this. <laughs> they're, they're just not placed correctly. So I went and took all the training and, and got into the field that way. And what has changed in, in since those days in the early 1980s to now we're in 2016? I, I mean, apart from the technology, which is a, probably the big, single biggest thing, is there anything else that's really changed? Oh, very much so. And once we got from the point where implants, we, we put implants where we had bone structure. And implants have dis- changed in their design. But what's really come on board more so is our ability to regenerate bone structure. So the deficiency or limited and bone loss conditions no longer created a barrier for high quality and predictable results. Today, we can do almost anything. If somebody's listening right now and they're wondering, what is a dental implant? I- I'll put that to you. <laughs> a dental implant is a, we call it a medical device. It is usually made of titanium or titanium alloy. It goes into the jawbone. And because of the character of titanium and the the oxidized layer on titanium, the bone in the body, and the body does not realize and recognize it as a foreign material mm. and grows right to it, thereby grabbing it 
and, and providing a very, very secure foundation. Then, the, because the implant has an attachment system on top, we can now then build teeth or attachments for, or for groups of teeth. Would it be fair to say then, in some sense, it, be, it becomes an, an attachment or, or rather a part of your jaw, or is it it's still an attachment? You, you could say it's part, it becomes part of your jaw because the body completely incorporates it. Uh, if you, for example, it's not a weak part in any way, shape, or form. So if somebody has an implant in and they get a bat in the face, the implant's <laughs> not going to break out a bone. The bone will probably break before the implant will break out of the bone. Is that right? Yeah, that's that was that's quite graphic. That was quite a picture you just put <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Guys, I'm not going to be at the game today. <laughs> Tell me something, Dr. Zokel. Why do people lose teeth? And is it generally, you said in your earlier comments, uh, back teeth, is that generally where people are, are missing teeth? Very often it starts at the back teeth. Now, there are two reasons, predominant reasons that people lose teeth, and one is disease. So if you have periodontal disease and such, that disease process will cause the bone to be lost around, and as the, as the bone loss occurs around natural teeth, they become looser and looser. The other thing is, is the forces. We generate a lot of force with our mouth, and most of the force is in the back teeth. So mm-hmm. if, the, if the bite, for example, is, is not ideal, uh, excessive forces are placed on some teeth, and they will break, and they will fracture. Right. So uh, some people who have heavier bites than others over a course of many years will deteriorate those teeth to where they need to be rebuilt. And if they don't do the rebuilding at an appropriate time, they start losing teeth. And then you're, be, you're looking at what I do, and that is to rehabilitate and bring somebody back from that preface. Right. So you, you told me, this is going back a few years, uh, you, we talked about chewing gum, and you told me that you're not a big fan of regular chewing of gum because it, it may, in fact, you know, build muscles in your jaws that you don't necessarily want. In other words, you're going to start to chew too, too hard, too much. Uh, you might start uh, get, getting into the grinding of your teeth, and I, I suspect that's another big problem. Well, sure. If you can think of another analogy, and so you go into a gym and you start doing curls with uh, 10-pound weights and 20-pound weights and 30 and 40 and 50-pound weights, that muscle, that bicep of yours is getting to be pretty darn big. Mm-hmm. Well, the muscles that control your bite can do the same thing. You ex- the more you exercise it, the stronger it becomes. Right. The stronger it becomes, the more force you're going to place on your teeth or are capable of plating, putting on your teeth, in which case you're more likely to break them apart or deteriorate them faster. Do I have any risk of that happening by talking into a microphone? No. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you had an out there for a second, but that's okay. Yeah. So when it comes to uh, dental implants, this is a really good remedy, if I can, that's probably not the best word, but a, a good course to take if you're missing one tooth. Uh, if Let's say you've got some disease in the back of your mouth, you're missing a tooth in the back. Is it preferable to have a dental implant on the top or on the bottom or doesn't really matter? Well, I think any place where you're missing a tooth warrants a dental implant. And I, I think of, I ask people to think about it in this way, is that you have when you're born and your, all your teeth come in, everything is nice and stable. When you start to lose one tooth or more teeth, every, you have ma- the major components of stability there. And by replacing that missing tooth with an implant tooth, that you maintain the stability. But as everything deteriorates, the whole system starts to deteriorate. And it gets faster and faster and becomes more and more costly to rebuild it. So when you end up in your mid to later years and all of a sudden you have very little to chew with, you aren't eating as well, it doesn't look as good, you aren't, you're aware of your limited smile and, and how look, you look to other people, 
When you then go to dental implants, be it to remove all your teeth or rebuild what you have, and you go to a beautiful smile, it gives you a rejuvenation. Mm-hmm. It, it, it brings you back 20, 30 years, and the character and quality of your life, be it personal or business, is enhanced dramatically. Not, And we haven't even started to talk about the nutritional value. Right. This is a side benefit almost. Oh, absolutely. Well, then tell me if somebody's missing one tooth in the back for whatever reason they lost it, whether it be disease or whether it got because of a baseball bat, why not just put in a bridge? Well, that's an option. And and the, and the reason the bridge is perhaps not as good is that it has limited lifespan when compared to an implant. And an, a bridge, and if you look at the studies that we have, we know that studies have shown that over a period of 15 years, this one tooth bridge will cause the loss of more teeth. About 30% of those bridges that you put in will lose more, one or more additional teeth. So all you're doing is propagating the problem. Mm. Now, it's a fast and quick solution, and you right. can be done, but the cost is going to be greater over a long period of time, and your health level is going to be a poor. Interesting, uh, because oftentimes uh, our decisions are based upon our wallets, not necessarily our health in the long term. We don't we don't equate our oral health with the way we equate our, our general physical or mental health, and, and I would say even our physical health, uh, because I think our mental health, we're well, way beyond on that anyway, <laughs> uh, just in terms of, of services that are available. But we think that, you know, if we have a scratch or, or, or some kind of a, a sore somewhere, or our shoulders uh, having a problem, we we'll go to a chiropractor or whatever. With our teeth, we tend to sort of let that go a little longer. Is is that would you would you concur with that? I think that's true, and and if, for no other reason than generally the expense is a good part of it, and the other part is I don't know if I really want to go to a dentist. It's not a pleasant experience. It, it, it often isn't, and and why is that? I, I a lot of reasons for that. First of all, you're working intimately. Somebody's really close to you, and it, it breaks that intimacy barrier, and, right. and you got to trust that person an awful lot. And some people are a little resistant to the trust. Sure. The other thing is, is that we involve uncomfortable things, which if you're not prepared to receive a, an anesthetic with a needle, mm-hmm. uh, then it's going to probably hurt a little bit. And, and and I don't think anybody really enjoys that a whole lot. No. So you kind of have to suck it up a wee bit and say, okay, let's let's get on with this. Let's get this job done quick, quickly and, and inex- as inexpensively as possible. And that means get up problems immediately. Sure. And there's uh, there's a certain level of, of bedside manner, I suppose, if I can use that term, that, that you would employ also with experience and and you have dealt with the anxiety that patients present with and and are are able to diminish that rather quickly. I think that's an important part of it. Uh, we call it bedside manner. We call it chairside dentistry, I suppose. The the important thing is is that there's a communication and a trust level. And when that's established and you can be sufficiently trusting of the person who's going to do your dentistry, then you'll accept their their guidance, and hopefully that guidance is appropriate. And just so imperfect ways of knowing or not knowing uh, whether you have somebody who you can trust, but you got to put your faith in them. That's the best way to get the result done. I just want to get back to this point about the bridge and the implant. If you're missing one tooth and your choice is an implant or a bridge, just purely from, you know, let's put all the benefits to the side for a moment, and I don't want to overlook those, but from a cost perspective... The implant is going to cost you more out of the gate, but it seems to me, based upon what you're telling me, the actual value is is better 
by going the implant route because over a period of time, there will be less degradation of your other teeth, uh, less chance of gum disease, and, and so on. That's, that's very true. In fact, I'll, I'll ask people, they'll ask me, what's the cost of a dental implant? And is it more expensive than a bridge? And I'll ask them the next after that. I says, well, you, you tell me over what period of time you want me to answer that question. If you're talking immediately in the way of months, the bridge will be a little less expensive than the implant. If we're talking about 10 years, it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. And then we go beyond that. We go 20, 30 years. It's way less expensive. Yeah. And we're going to get into that a little bit more as, as we continue this hour. Because the next thing I want to lead to from that one single tooth, assume that we've, we've chosen to go with the dental implant uh, procedure over the bridge. Is this part of this teeth in one day service that you offer? Sure. Teeth in one day is a concept. And that is, if we put an implant inside the bone structure, can we put a tooth on it immediately? And the answer is, in the majority of cases, yes. And I would say that probably runs about 90% of cases. Is that right? Yeah. So if I come in today with a missing back tooth uh, and uh, you put in an implant, uh, I can walk out of there with a, a tooth on top of that implant. Will I be chewing and eating that day? We would recommend not. Okay. Because you got to remember that the bone has to grow onto the implant in order to hold it. The implant works as long as it remains immobile in the bone structure right. until the bone has had an opportunity to grasp the implant. So we can create an environment where we can put a tooth on the implant, but keep it out of function. It doesn't mean that you can't eat in that area, but we're going to guide you for the first little while to eat very, very soft foods or even be on a more of a liquid diet for a very short period of time before you progress into slightly stronger foods. I suspect, though, and again, you'll tell me because, well, you're the professional, but that it it may be less a period of time to become fully functional than that of a a bridge because with the bridge, I, I mean, I've never had a bridge, but I'm told that it can be... It, no matter how hard one tries, it can be rather uncomfortable initially and, and getting used to it. Well, when you think of what happens when you place a bridge in place, you miss it, you've got one missing tooth, you have to cut down those adjacent teeth to that space mm. in order to put crowns. So, so when you put a structure on those other teeth, it can't be any larger than the original tooth or else it doesn't fit properly, you can't bite properly. So having said that, you've got to remove enough tooth structure around there that you can put a crown on each of those teeth beside the space and attach that false tooth to it. When you do that, you irritate, significantly irritate the tooth. And more often than not, a dentist can do that without causing injury to the nerve of the tooth, which would otherwise necessitate a root canal. But there are times when that would deterioration gets worse and worse and worse, and root canals then come into play, uh, structural deterioration, the tooth becomes weaker, can fracture. There's a lot of things that start to happen as soon as you cut into a tooth. Let's pick up on that in a moment. BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Center. Dr. Ron Zokel is with us today. You can call the office at 604-872-0222. We'll tell you about a courtesy consultation. 604-872-0222 at BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Center. Our guest, Dr. Ron Zokel on Vancouver Consumer, News Talk 980, CKNW. Nice to have you with us on this, oh, it's just a brilliant day. Finally, we've got some nice weather. In studio with me today is Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Center. I gave a number just before the break, and I wanted to repeat it. Uh, BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Center, uh, both the Vancouver and Coquitlam office is offering CKNW listeners a complimentary evaluation. You can go in and 
have a consultation. You'll spend about an hour or so uh, with one of the doctors, Dr. Zokel, if you prefer, who will go over your situation. If, if you need something, if you don't need something, what is the, the course of action that might be suitable for you and with some options and what it will cost you at the end of the day. And to get that courtesy consultation, 604-872-0222 is the number, and there's absolutely zero obligation on your part. Uh, You'll come out of there having learned something. That I can guarantee. I've gone through the consultation process at the office. I've had the 3D scan done. Uh, it's really cool. That alone should get you in. 604-872-0222, BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Center. Uh, the Broadway office is at Broadway and Willow, I believe. Yeah, It is. And in Coquitlam, right by Coquitlam Center. Well worth your time. One of the things that I haven't mentioned about you so far, Dr. Ron Zokel, is that um, you travel the world uh, to lecture, or to speak at dental conferences, uh, we, I did mention earlier that um, part of what you do with Dr. Bobby Birdie is you educate dentists in the procedure of dental implants, but you also go to these uh, far-flung places, uh, uh, Italy and, uh, and different places. I'm saying Italy because I think that was the last one we talked about, but you go all over the place. People are always calling you up. When can you come talk to us? Uh, to have that kind of recognition from your peers, not just locally, but from around the world, it, it, it must really... It must feel pretty good. Well, it certainly does. The, it's a great opportunity for me. Not only is it a, a pleasure to be recognized by your colleagues and your peers, but it gives you an opportunity to travel and visit places in the world you may not ever go see, but mm-hmm. for the fact that you were invited to speak there. Well, I want to ask you how we stack up against other jurisdictions in the world. Very high. Very, very high. Some of the best quality of dentistry in the world is done right here in the Pacific Northwest. And I'm speaking of British Columbia, Alberta, Washington State, Oregon State. Uh, this is very, very high caliber of restorative dentistry. And and do you say that because dentists want to live here? The lifestyle here is pretty special? That may be part of it, but I think it's a small part. What we do have a history of is dentists teaching other dentists, more so here than any other is place in right? the world. Yes. Back in 1936, a study club got started here. It's called the Vancouver Ferry Gulf Oil Study Club. And the very, very first study club, and this is where a group of dentists hired up an, an expert in their field to teach them how to do it. So every month they would come together, and all these dentists who wanted to learn more would bring patients, and their mentor would watch and help and guide them and to improve their clinical skills. Now we have that kind of teaching in all facets of dentistry, no more so than right here in the Vancouver area, the very, very highest level of that type of training on an ongoing basis. Is dentistry as collaborative elsewhere as I have witnessed it to be here? Uh, I would say no. I would say that more important, what we see more often than not in other areas is people with a lot of skills would get up in front of another group of dentists and teach them just enough to show them how to refer to them mm, as opposed to uh, teach them how to do it. Right, how to get more business. Whereas here, we, the dentists here teach dentists how to do it. Okay, so that, that leads to the next question then. What if I come in and I, I think I have a problem or perhaps I have an, a toothache or something going on and I, I want a second opinion? Uh, my dentist, my regular dentist has told me this. Now I have an opportunity for a consultation that, that's no charge from BC Perio. 
what's the what's your feeling about the second opinion? Is that something that's recommended, or is it, is that taboo? Interesting question. I think, by and large, it's come to be completely accepted. When you go buy a car or you want a maintenance on your car and somebody tells you you need $25,000 worth of car repair, uh, people are not as likely to accept that at face value. They're prepared to go somewhere else. And dentistry has become very similar to that because there are a lot of different ways to fix teeth. Different people have different abilities and skill sets. Uh, Others will have a solution that's going to cause less and be more effective. So it's not a bad idea to get a second opinion. And, uh, and and in reserve, and I think our media system with social media and such has allowed this to propagate more so than in the past. So today we see the Internet providing information. So I think more people are actually looking at that and saying, hmm, I think I'll, I won't accept exactly what I got in the way of an opinion the first time. I'm going to seek a second one. How often is that opinion, uh, is there a difference in opinion? Oh, it's regular. Oh, it is. Oh, absolutely. There are many, many ways of handling any given solution for dentistry for a given problem. And if you if you talk to 10 different dentists, you might get pretty close to 10 different is that solutions. Right? So then how does, how does the consumer make a decision? It's almost impossible. This is where the trust factor has to come in. You pick who you think is going to be good for you and your basic needs and trust. That person has got an awful lot more knowledge than the average layperson will ever have. Mm-hmm. And, and therefore... Uh, you have to trust that person to get the best result. And if you start to become suspicious, look for that second opinion. And and if you find that the opinion is close to concurring, because I think while other procedures are maybe different, there's a lot of similarities as well, but there might be small detail differences as to how to treat it. I think you've got to get a comfort level with who you're, who's treating you and be confident enough in that and trustful enough that you go with their recommendations. Yeah. Do I need a referral to come to BC Perio? Oh, absolutely not. Okay, so BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Center. I'm told that you have actually set some time aside each week for our CKNW listeners to take advantage of the consultation. Uh, we do that even. Ian, we get enough calls every week from the CKNW listeners that we have that we can't afford not to make room for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on down, but we'll have to see you in about eight weeks from now. But that's not the case. It's usually within a week or two. That's correct. Okay, so I want to let me give the phone number. It's a 604 872 or online to the spanky website, bcperio.ca. And I, and I say that tongue-in-cheek because it's a great website. There's a ton of really, really good information on the website, bcperio.ca. Let's talk about dentures because dentures is, um, we hear there's advertising for dentures. There's advertising for implants. Uh, we hear different things. Uh, some people say Dentures are not fun. Dentures are hard to get to fit properly. Uh, over a period of time, you will have to service and maintain your dentures. Um, what do you think? I mean, you come. Your your dad was a was a prosthodontist. So I'm sure that you you've seen your share of dentures in your time. Oh, absolutely. And dentures will never go away. At least in my opinion, they they form either an intermediary process in the rebuilding of when you go from your own natural teeth to implant-supported teeth. 
And, and because the process of implant dentistry is a little bit on the expensive side, not everybody can afford it. So a good many people might decide when all their natural teeth are starting to break down so severely that they may go to a set of dentures prior to determining that they'll go to implant teeth. Now, we don't see that all that often, but it is a reasonable direction to go. And, and if you, if Conversely, you just, I'm just sorry to interrupt, no. but conversely, you can take somebody's dentures Somebody who's wearing dentures today, they can come into your office and they can walk away with fixed permanent teeth. You're absolutely right. So the, what happens is somebody who's got really bad teeth and got to lose them, we can put them in a denture and then in a year or two or whenever they deem appropriate, we can convert that immediately in one day to solid teeth on implants. So that's fixed and permanent. Fixed Don't and have permanent. to take them out at night. That's correct. Put them in a jar. You're absolutely right. Get up in the morning. <laughs> I can't imagine what that's like. And I don't want to put anybody down with, that wears dentures because, you know, whatever you have to go through in life. I mean, I, I hope that's uh, – I, I'm not trying to put that out there. But it seems to me that if you can not have – if you can have fixed permanent teeth, that would seem to me to be the best solution. By a long shot. And, and uh, I think dentures have a role for sure. But when you think about the statistics, the information that we have by virtual research that we do on these things – is that people who are been in dentures for any significant length of time have only 5 to 10% of the original biting force, which means that they're going to struggle with the average really healthy fibrous foods. Give me an example, uh, something that we eat, to, you, something that you can chew with your natural teeth that you might not be able to chew with dentures. Well, you can chew them. The question is how effectively can you okay. pre-digest them? How does it break down? So if you have something that is very fibrous, I don't know Broccoli. Broccoli or the raw vegetables are a good example. And you'll get through it to some degree, but you won't pre-digest it quite as well. And in your, in your uh, intestinal tract and your stomach and intestinal tract will pr- have to deal with um, a greater level of digestion. And, and there are some thoughts that colitis and various things like that might be occurring because you couldn't properly chew the food and you're swallowing larger pieces than you would otherwise. Chewing is so important, and yet again, we don't think much about it, do we? Well, you know, it's been... Well, you do, because it's your business, but but, but, but you're right. we don't spend enough time thinking about that. What we're doing is we're, we're processing our nutrition. When everything's healthy and stable, looks good, feels good, it's out of your mind. Yeah, I suppose. Why would you think about it? Well, the, the other thing that I wanted to mention about BC Perio is that... And, and, I think I feel confident when I make this statement, and again, please correct me if I'm if I'm not if I'm off base here. But job one is always to maintain or to save where possible one's natural teeth. That's first and foremost. Can we save your natural teeth and play have them play a role in your health and long term stability? Number two, we've got to be sometimes realistic for patients who have very limited funds. Is Sometimes in restoring natural teeth, we commit that person to retreatment of those natural teeth as those restorations that we place break down five, ten years down the and road. And they will break down. They will break down. There's very, very little in dentistry that won't over a period of time. Hmm. And and implants happen to be uh, the probably the most predictable long-term solution of all the things that we have to do. So we take a look and say, what's a person going to be like in about 10 years? Will they be able to afford the repair of the stuff that we'll be putting in today? And if it seems unlikely, are we doing them any favors by pushing them to a direction of treatment, which is just going to break the bank in 10 years? 
Yeah. So we'll look at all those aspects. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to get it. This is is interesting because when you stop to think about the function of the teeth, um, we don't do that. We spend so much time thinking about the aesthetics, and I want to talk to you about that when we come back. Dr. Ron Zokel is here, BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Center. The office is in Vancouver for Dr. Zokel, uh, Broadway and Willow. But BC Perio has two offices, one on Broadway, as I say, at Willow and in Coquitlam by Coquitlam Centre. One number will get you in to either office for a complimentary consultation. And it's not only complimentary, but comprehensive. And the number is 604-872-0222. 604-872-0222. We're talking teeth with BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centre on Vancouver Consumer from News Talk 980 CKNW. Dr. Ron Zokel is with me in studio today from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centre. Dr. Bobby Birdie is in New York uh, this weekend. He's at a dental conference and uh, sends along his regrets. Uh, the, the office number for BC Perio, whether it be Vancouver or Coquitlam, 604-872-0222. 604-872-0222 for a complimentary consultation. And I, I say not only complimentary, but comprehensive because when you go through the experience, which I did because I was curious to know what it was like, it, it is very comprehensive. And you do the, the 3D scan, which is which would be perfect to, to hang on your front door at Halloween. <laughs> kind of looks that way. I want to talk a little bit about aesthetics. Uh, how important, and I think this is a bit of a setup when I ask you this, but how important is aesthetics today? Because we just talked about the importance of chewing and what that means to your overall health. What does it mean to look good? I think that everybody has a degree to which aesthetics is important to them, and some people do different. I'll have people come in and say, I'm not interested in how it looks. I just want it to be functional. I said, well, look, I'll, I'll just put a purple tooth in that front there for you. Is that okay? <laughs> well, obviously it's not. So, But when, what they're trying to express is that function's more, more important than mm-hmm. aesthetics. But for a lot of people, it's exactly the other way around. In fact, they'll ignore their back teeth but have front teeth. Oh. Just so they can look good to other people. And the people who, who've got it right are the people who say, well, let's repair the back teeth too because it keeps our front teeth stable for a longer period of time. Right. Is, uh, is it okay to want to have good-looking teeth? I mean, is it okay to start uh, doing a bunch of work when your teeth are otherwise healthy? Boy, that's up to every individual person. If you take a look at the people in Hollywood who have their face in front of other people, they want to look as good as they possibly can. It affects their livelihood. And some people, it affects their social life so significantly that they want that. I do not think it's wrong. I think it's an individual choice. Is that Hollywood smile realistic? From the fact that we can do it, it's realistic. From the fact that uh, it looks weird to the average person, uh, that's my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say that it it there's I'll do that for people if they want it, but I don't normally coach people in going that direction. Right. So how do you guide people in terms of color match and trying to make sure that everything looks as natural as possible? Well, the natural as possible is what we call age appropriate. Oh, okay. So age appropriate would be different, obviously, for somebody who's in their 30s compared to somebody who's in their 50s compared to somebody who's in their 80s. So putting a smile on somebody who's in their 80s that looks like they're 20 years old, (laughs) (laughs) there's got to be a reason for it. And and people are going to know, obviously, that this person's got some dentistry done. Right. But if you want to look as though you don't have dentistry done, then then you do it 
we call age appropriate. So if, if, you're, if you're 30 years old and you have uh, dental implants and uh, obviously a tooth that uh, the coloration and the shape and all of that is, is age appropriate, what happens when you become 50, 60, 70? Well, it had it happened with my father because he oh, had right? me rebuild him when he <laughs> okay. was in his uh, 60s, actually. Right. And I said, are you sure you want me doing this? He says, absolutely. So, And then he had me put um, brown lines down the front of his front teeth to simulate small little stained cracks. Oh. And I said, you really want this? He said, absolutely, that's what I want. Look, makes me look natural so people won't look at my teeth and say, oh, you've had a bunch of dentistry done. They'll look at my teeth and say, that's completely natural. Still looks okay and reasonable. And for your age, it's not, not, uh, not unesthetic, if you will. But uh, he felt that, that to him it was very important to do it that way. And you spend a lot of time with your patients trying to come up with the look, and we're talking strictly aesthetics now. Of course, we've we've dealt with function, we've d- dealt with disease management, and all of that. But in terms of the, the look, you work very closely with your patient to make sure that what they're getting is as close to what they want. As much as we possibly can, to a large degree, we have to communicate that to the dental laboratory that actually makes the teeth. And we'll help that along by sending our patients to the laboratory from time to time so that the person doing and building the teeth actually can see them right there in front of them. So we'll take whatever measures are absolutely necessary to get the best aesthetic result we can for any given procedure. Are we at a point now in our in our coming of age as a, as a nation where dental disease is less present than it was perhaps when you started out as a, as a dentist or where are we at with all that it has changed for sure the i think on average people are taking better care of their teeth than they used to let's say 50 60 years ago or more uh, what's also happening is people are living older and mm-hmm. that increase that means you can wear your de- teeth down and need advanced work when you still have 20 30 40 years to go in your lifespan which then puts a bit of the onus of financial pressure on people to to either keep their teeth as, as sound as they possibly can or fund the cost of a rebuild. Age is at a barrier. Uh, we had a, a, a woman who called us. Uh, she was in her 80s, didn't want to come on the air with us. Uh, what, what do you say to somebody like that? I would say it's an individual thing again. But is there any deterrent for a person who's in their 80s or late 80s to have teeth done? I would say... Only when their medical condition supersedes the need and desire to do dentistry. So somebody is terminal with cancer and they're fighting major diseases and such, they may not wish to spend the time and effort and money to go ahead with it. However, I've had people in their mid-90s go through advanced reconstructions because they were healthy and stable. And to them, the quality of their life and the the added value to the quality of their life was so significant that it was worthwhile. Obviously, uh, placing a dental implant is what we would call invasive. How invasive is it? Uh, How easy or difficult is it to recuperate from this type of surgery? (laughs) It's it's really straightforward. Uh, This may be counterintuitive a little bit, but the people who come through our program for teeth in a day, for example, have whatever remaining teeth they have out. We put uh, the implants in immediately and then fixed teeth on it the same day and they walk away and they come back two weeks later for our post-op examination suture removal and they say um we didn't even take an aspirin (laughs) and that's a not an uncommon situation Uh, and so we've come to appreciate the fact that we can do most of these procedures 
painlessly and to a point where they don't have pain and swelling afterwards. Isn't that nice? It's lovely. Yeah. Now, if you could only figure out a way to do that with a root canal. (laughs) (laughs) It's there, Ian. (laughs) (laughs) Because I can only tell you that on the root canals that I've had, I've seen stars. (laughs) You know, I hear you. And and just to get to that subject just for a second or two, uh, there are some conditions that you just can't avoid that in root canal therapy, but the majority of root canal therapy is also painless. It should be, at least. Yeah, absolutely. And with the anesthetics that you have today, mm-hmm. it's uh, pain should not be an issue. Sure. And, and I, I have said this uh, to you and to Dr. Birdie in the past. Uh, when I had a, a dental uh, implant placed in my mouth, and I was, and I, I have a history of not really loving dentists all that much, I have to say that it was less to me, it felt not literally, but less invasive than your standard filling of, of a cavity. And, and it was really pretty easy. Well, we have people who go through a major surgical procedure in putting implants in and teeth in a day who will say, you know something, I had less discomfort doing this full process than I have in a normal filling. We've got to wrap it up. Dr. Ron Zoko, appreciate your time today. BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Center. Take advantage of a complimentary consultation. You'll come away learning a lot about yourself and what is available to you to help you with whatever it is that you need help with in your oral health. The number is 604-872-0222. 604-872-0222. Let them know you heard it on CKNW. BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Center. Jamie Benteen, our technical producer. My name is Ian Power. Stay with us. Shane Foxman is next for CKNW Weekend. This is Vancouver Consumer on News Talk 980 CKNW.